Um, okay. I think we've passed kneeling. Yeah, I think it's time to go into uh, actionable items. I think everyone knows what the issue is. And we're, we're done with that. We, 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 everyone knows what the we. You know what the issue is? You know why we were kneeling? Okay. Do you know the issue? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the issue? Yes. We all know the issue now. Okay. Next. Where are we moving on next? And I'm not again. So to be clear, for the room, I'm not minimizing that part of it because that has to happen. That's a necessary part of the process. But now we all know what's going on. What are we going to do? How are we going to stop? Because the kneeling was not about a job. It was about injustice. Let me bring attention to injustice. Everyone's saying, how are you going forward? And Cap doesn't have a job. This wasn't about him having a job. I'm glad we hear each other. Dak Prescott face. Eric Bledsoe face. What's happening with you? Dak trying to get his bread bread. Can I, can I, all right, we're jumping right into it. Okay. I saw somebody, uh, someone text me and said that mad football season's coming upon us because that means their favorite podcast now will spend 16 minutes of trivial time talking about football. That's us. I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that. That's us. Their favorite podcast is us. It's not an ouch. It's actually, I mean, you know, but. What do they do? They like the football, you know. They don't like fifteen minutes. They or? don't like football at all. They don't oh. like football. That's why uh, <laughs> it's painstaking for, them, for us to do football talk. They enjoy the basketball talk, but anyway, um, yeah. So Dak is saying he wants what forty? Yeah, forty a year. And I'm just gonna run down the quarterbacks. And what they're being paid um, this year. Russell Wilson's making 35. Ben is making 34. Aaron Rodgers is making 33 and a half. Wentz Carson of the Philadelphia area is making 32. Matt Ryan, 30. Kirk Cousins, 28. Jimmy G, 27.5. Matt Stafford, 27. Derek Carr, 25. Drew Brees, 25. Andrew Luck, 24.6. Alex Smith, 23.5. And again, I asked you if Dak wanted 40 million. You said yes. Tom Brady is making 23. <laughs> I mean, he. I'll play devil's advocate. I'll be the one, although I don't really care anything about the Cowboys. I don't really have a dog in this fight, except, come on, Dak. Like, but if he wants to make his case, Alex Smith, Jimmy Garopp, like Jimmy threw five interceptions in a row the other day in practice, like one, two, three, four, five, back to back. And you know, he's played like 10 games and, you know, he's already top 10 in salary for quarterback. So you got a case with Jimmy G and Alex Smith. Maybe Carson wins because your best Ability is your availability to some degree, and he really (laughs) come on, got a degree. Um, 
he hasn't really been that available. Eagles won a Super Bowl without him. Second string quarterback took him all the way, beating Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. It was like, so if I'm Dak, that's my argument to Jerry Jones. But then if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm like, listen, like we barely came, we barely came out on top of our division last year. Like, you're not that guy. You need a, you're not like Aaron Rodgers who can just make it happen with his arm and, you know, check downs and scramble. Like, you're not, you're not, the, you're not Russell Wilson who can get you 30 yards out of a, a blown play. Like, you're not that. You need a running back. And we saw what happened when Zeke missed those games. So, like, you're a really good game manager. You're a really good game manager, and so is Alex Smith. So that's probably what he's thinking. Like, yo, I'm better than Alex Smith right now. You, na- you name two people, and I'm just going to, again, run off the dollar figures for them. You said Wentz, he's making 32. You said Russell, who's a Super Bowl champ, he's making 35 as the highest on the list. Dak, you're neither of. <laughs> you gotta, you okay. gotta come down to, you gotta come down to the, to the high twenties. I would, I would, I would be okay with. They were high offering 20. him thirty something, and yeah. he turned that down. Yeah, but here's my thing, Mister. Um, Lombardi trophy with six rings is only making 23 and you're asking for double what he's making. He's trying to secure his bag. I mean, I get it to a certain degree. Like he's young. He's hot a little bit right now. You don't know what you're going to be five years from now. Um, Tom Brady is really the exception to the rule. It's just like it just doesn't happen. Like he's just, he's he's one of those once in a generational type of type of guy. Um, even if even if Dak wanted to make an argument where it would seem, uh, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers as well. He's thirty three point five. So if you're Aaron Rodgers is a Super Bowl winner, Ben Roethlisberger is a Super Bowl winner, Russell Wilson is a Super Bowl winner, yeah. like. Drew Brees is a Super Bowl winner. Yeah. I don't understand. You're just winning your division. Like, <laughs> has, has he even won a playoff game? I think one, if I'm not mistaken. But that doesn't give yeah. you... It you said yeah. you were playing devil's advocate, but that's not yeah. $40 million yeah. worth. Like, I asked I asked a Dallas fan this week, what the hell are the players in Dallas smoking? Like, do they think Jerry is... He's not uh, the prime example for Make America Great Again. He's waiting to tell you niggas, no. No, I ain't paying you. I'm not paying you N-I-G-G-E-R's nothing. So if if you were Dak and you were in the position that he's in at this very moment looking for a contract extension, um, you talked about Brady, who is, you know, six-time greatest quarterback of all time. Taken, well, he's like the bottom of that 15. He, he's the like, last one on the yeah. list. So he's always gone for the home discount. All right. Like, I'll take a little bit of money and, you know, you guys work around 
my contract and, you know, get the players that we need. And that's always worked for the Patriots. Zeke is holding out because he wants a big contract. So if you're Dak, if you were Dak, not like Dak Dak, if you, like, what would you do? Would you just, would you take 30 million and, you know, because they're going to have to pay Amari Cooper sooner or later. Um, Zeke is looking for money. They have um, some key guys on defense that they're going to have to pay. It's going to end up like Seattle. Like, you know, you can't pay everybody. So it's just going to be, all right, this is a whole new team. They'll start from scratch, except for the quarterback. What would you do? If I am honestly Dak Prescott, I am looking at this list and saying, oh, Matt Ryan made it to the Super Bowl and 28-3 lost to Tom Brady. He's making $30 million. And for a lot of time, people were talking about Matt Ryan being, I'm if I'm Dak, I'm cool with the $30 million that they will offer me because Matt Ryan's the cutoff at $30 million. Everybody else above him is making 32, 33, 34, 35. I'm I'm not trying to negotiate. Like, there's a difference between going in with leverage saying we've won multiple games, multiple playoff games. We've come this close, blah, 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 blah. This this is the record while I'm here. This is the record when I'm not here. This is is how effective I have been for the organization. That's a different conversation. That's what anybody that has, uh, reviews at certain times a year numbers speak what can you do for the company it's not oh well i'm here okay how productive are you like if i'm dak not this i don't know this man's expenses but if they're already offering you somewhere in the 30s okay we're not too far off but to say you want 40 hundred thousand dollars he would be making a couple hundred thousand dollars next season because he's still under his rookie contract and he was like a fourth round, third round, like he was like a late rounder. So he's not, you know, breaking, you know, he's not, he's, he's not balling, you know, but Um, this is, and and if I'm Dak, honestly, I understand the mean, the, the get paid mentality. But if that's the case, if I'm only making a hundred thousand and they're telling me they're going to give me mid thirties a year. Cool. Give me an incentive. All right. Give me mid 30s with an incentive. Okay. Well, you win these amount of playoff games. We'll give you this amount of bump. But I can't go in there arrogant saying, yo, I want 40 and I haven't done anything but a game. Yeah. And he has a couple of endorsements too. So I don't, he's not starved for cash. You know what I mean? Like a couple hundred thousand for starting quarterback in Dallas. That's really not a lot, but you are under contract. But then you like you have other incomes, so yeah, I don't I don't really understand what, like what his agent is advising him. I guess you know he's trying to go after the money too because the high Dax check, you know, the higher his commission or whatever. But yeah, like even in basketball, D Wade took less money, you know, bought LeBron and Bosh and then got him two more rings. So you know it's it's sometimes, but then. Again, we've talked about it before with Melo. Like, are you chasing a bag or are you chasing, you know, legacy and success? And it seems like Dak is going for that bag. Zeke also. They have a, a team of of bag getters, apparently. So we'll see how that works out for Dallas. But I understand why. Dallas Cowboys is probably, if 
if not um, the most valuable team in all the sports. All the sports. So I can, yeah. I, I can understand you saying, "Oh no, y'all got the money." Yeah, but then there's a cap, so it's not like it's just, they can make four billion. Let's just say for the year, but they're only allowed to spend like you know two hundred million on player salaries. So it's not like they have a huge pot. You know what I mean? Like they are valuable, but there's only they're only budgeted to spend a certain amount uh, for player contracts. But I I don't I don't know I I I get both sides. Like I Dak is saying he has a little buzz, he has a little name. Let me get my money while I can. NFL contracts aren't guaranteed. Like not the entire amount. They'll give you some guarantee amount. You know, like injuries happen all the time. It's a very violent game. Anything could happen. And he's trying to capitalize on his name while he can. So I get it. But then it's the flip side. Is like, all right, you want to take mad money and, you know, end up like Matt Ryan, like you said. Or you want to be like Brady and, you know, give a home discount and get some rings out of it. It's, it's really up to you. It's really, you know, based on how you're built and what you're chasing at the end of the day. I feel like if everybody took Brady's approach, it would be uh, not an easier league, but you have less divas because you're understanding, yeah, I want to get paid, but also I understand you need to bring people in because I can't throw and catch myself. And speaking of Brady, I'll ask you uh, this Who's more valuable to the New England franchise, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? That's tough because... So here's the thing. Bill Belichick was a coach in the NFL before he got to the Patriots. The team is escaping me right now, but they weren't that great. Um, and then when he got to the Patriots and those games that Brady were out, they had a lot of success, like without Tom Brady, not like Super Bowl, of course, but they weren't like a lottery team. Um, but then when you see those players leave the Patriots, they just fall off the map. I think everybody... I think they both matter equally to that franchise. I think it's a 50-50. Yeah. I'm glad you answered answered that way because I want you to answer the harder question here. If Tom Brady's on a different team, different system, does he have six rings? Boy... You see, Tom is, Tom is different. It's not like he sucks. It's not like... I hear Chris Carter say this all the time. NFL players are system guys. Like, everybody, even the best. Um, but I don't know. Like, that is... I can't even imagine Tom Brady on, like, the Dolphins. I don't think he has six rings. I don't think he has six rings. 
I asked because I answered the same way. I do not think Tom Brady has six rings and a different system. Um, I asked you specifically those questions in the order I did because I agree. Um, I do think Bill Belichick is more valuable to the franchise than Tom Brady, but they kind of go hand in hand. Bill didn't necessarily win before Brady the uh, Super Bowls, rather. He, he's been defensive coordinator on the teams that have won Super Bowls, but he hasn't had the success of winning as a head coach with another quarterback outside of Tom Brady. Tom Brady on a different team. Second to none. Yeah. But that's why I I still, I, I say Belichick is the one that's more valuable. Yeah. I'm not saying it is a slight to Tom Brady at all. I just think uh, that situation is uh, the exception and not the rule where you got a player and a coach where they can win and it's kind of difficult to see who the most important piece is when they haven't been separated and you can't see, oh, if Brady was someplace else and he won, you can say, oh, okay, well, it's not just the system. Some people are, are kind of leaning real heavy on the fact that he's been in a system for 20 years that's worked to his benefit and it's been productive. Yeah. But then again, I can't see Matt Castle coming back from a 28-3 deficit in the Super Bowl to win the whole thing. Like, that's Tom. Like, that was Tom. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a different drive. It's just like, you know, when you look at Jordan and, you know, all all of the greats. It's like they have that the intangibles that you really can't teach that you're just built with. And I can't see any other quarterback that's come through New England while Tom Brady was there. I can see I can see Bill getting them there. I can see them having success. I can see them being 12 and 4. I can see them winning their division. But I can't see Jimmy G coming back down 28-3 winning the Super Bowl. Like, that's that's Tom. So that's where it kind of gets a little bit murky. There are a select few in the National Football Association that you can say down 28-3, the game's not over, there's still time, something can happen. There's a select few. Yeah. Tom's name's on that list. Peyton's name's on that list. As of recent, and not because I'm a fan, Andrew Luck's name is actually on that list in terms of comebacks, and it's not really over. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you can put on that list. Drew Brees, I can. Drew Brees, yeah, I can see Brees there. Yeah. Yeah. I can see Breeze there. And a, a shocker name um, that's on that list that people don't talk about. And I think we 
he may go under the radar every year, and we say this, but Phillip Rivers is another one where game's not really over, and he can throw six interceptions and still play as if they're still in the game until the clock is zero zero. Yeah. What? Yeah. That was a weird. Wasn't expecting to start with a. I see Tom on a, a on a different team two years from now, three years from now. I can't. I think he hangs up. Well, someone mentioned to me who was a Patriots fan. They can see like the Patriots doing something slick, like sending him to. They said it jokingly, but sending him to San Francisco, and then um, Tom getting like a one day contract back in New England to retire. Yeah, but he has his age. But the contract that he's under doesn't go to that age. So, I don't know. It's inter- it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me get my birthdays in order. Hold on, hold on. Thank you with back of the building. Thank you with Thank you with tracks. Happy birthday to the legend. Listen, power. Young, young God, Nipsey. Yeah, I saw, the, I saw a lot of the posts today on social media. Uh, I was like, "Dang, Nip really like somebody really killed Nip." It all came back. Like, I was like, "Wow, he's really gone." This uh, this girl, Lauren London, she had a nice, a nice tribute to him. But yeah, happy birthday to the king. Neighborhood the young, kid. The young god. Uh, I don't usually do this, but because uh, it's his birthday, and we said we were going to start highlighting uh, black businesses. Uh, if you haven't hit up Ferns for your Nipsey pins and Marathon Continue bags, uh, I would do expect the payola uh, after... The sales have accumulated, Mr. McMullen. <laughs> you are, you're welcome. <laughs> Did you order uh, yours? I have not yet. Wow. Because I'm not, ex- I'm, I'm, I, I'm not expecting to have to order mine. As a longtime friend and associate, I can pay for mine, but I'm not expecting to have to order mine. All right. So great. I'm glad you said that because I've been having these thoughts about. Like black businesses, black entrepreneurs, and they're always like, "Oh, support black business. Don't ask for a discount if I have a business, and I'm showing some t-shirt for twenty dollars. Don't ask me for no discount. Don't ask me for free. Like support, pay me the twenty dollars because you wouldn't go into Ralph Lauren and be like, I need a discount. Whatever. Okay, cool. But then on the other side, it's like, all right, Kim Kardashian has this makeup line and when her joint drops she sends it to all her friends 
I, I like where you're going with this because I'm I'm on the <laughs> on the same. Black, black 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 entrepreneurs are always preaching. You know, y'all support this. You know, you do this to a celebrity, or you wouldn't do this to a, an established name brand, or you. Would, but it's like these brands, they send packages <laughs> to their friends. So you can't, it can't be all preachy, preachy on on one end because we can't, like, I can't go up to Kanye and be like, yo, let me get some Yeezys as, you know, as who I am, as just a regular person who he doesn't know from Adam. But then Kanye is sending all of his sneakers to (laughs) his sisters and everybody. Like, so you're going to either be like the, (laughs) the big brands and send us things for free or just, you know, cool out and don't compare yourself to a, a big brand. Yo, Ferns, I don't know if you can read in between the lines. That's two bags you're supposed to have on the side. I'm um, just trying to help you out, my nigga. That's two bags you're supposed to have on the side. Thank you very much. <laughs> can, can Continue as you were. Um, you can still promote your sales and things like that, but that's two bags you're supposed to have on the side. Especially for the unpaid promo. All right, so <laughs> yeah, I'd love a bag. I like backpacks, but I did buy a pen. I bought the pen. I like uh, those little animal pen thingies. So when I saw it, I was like, "This is dope. This is ferns. Let me support." I just think there should always be a, a few that you just you just send out. It was like, yo, I got because when we get our merch, that's what I'm gonna do. We gonna just here, yeah, here's a couple. Oh, you know, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! You know, tell your followers, check us out. That to me, that's how you have to do it. Is it's gonna cost yeah. you before you can profit from it. So you know. You know, I think is with black business uh, business owners, um, a lot of times they get hit with the people looking for the discount and all that other stuff. And it's like, fam, I'm a small business and you spend your money to go and Louie and all this other stuff. Uh, so I think the frustration from that angle is, we mentioned it before, but the support thing. Yeah. How can you say you support me if you're asking me to give you uh, part of my, not part of my business, but give you something that I'm trying to profit from to establish my business? And what they don't understand to that, like the point you made is, okay, well, Kim Kardashian and them don't charge uh their friends and some people they may actually just buy it just because but nine times out of ten they send stuff to people oh hey yeah don't don't worry about it i'm 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 gonna send you something i'm like when they go up to radio shows they don't they don't pay for that stuff that they give out when they go to breakfast club and they give Charlemagne and envy oh hey yeah i got a copy of this and yeah his blah blah blah, or yeah y'all got passes come through like that stuff um, mainly for the love and recognizing the influence. 
is a good word to to say there. When you recognize the influence somebody has, then yeah, you you bite the bullet and lose whatever um sales you can get. And a perfect another example of that is a uh, young young William Smith. Yo, you niggas is getting shot out on this podcast today. I, I just want y'all to know we do expect a little care package. <laughs> Where will like send us some stuff. Not playing, but Will's Will's another one. Um, he does pens that's catered to um wrestling fans, and he's actually had instances where he's had to come out of his pocket for I don't want to say samples, but um promotional items, so to speak, that he gives away. To people, he's been fortunate enough to get them in the hands of uh, some wrestlers. They've worn it like at WrestleMania and some of the, the the bigger shows. But he understands, okay, that cost that I have to, you know, it's it's worth it. Do it, yes. It's worth it. I can spend X amount of dollars to get a shirt done at two o'clock in the morning because I understand. Um, one, I'm going to overpay for it, and two. If I can just get it in their hands, whatever happens, happens. But I'd rather be able to get it in their hands versus being it, looking back and saying, yeah, I would have had an opportunity to do blah, 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 blah. But I just didn't want to do it because I was going to lose, uh, lose money. Right. You got to do it. I remember when um, Nevaeh was popping and we would do the fashion shows in schools they would ask us all the time yo can we keep the stuff no nigga we we ain't that big yet we, we don't got it mass this is when everything was done by hand at first it was like we, we ain't got it like that to give y'all these one of ones we we need this back now when we started doing stuff that was mass produced that people can order yeah, yeah go ahead take the shirt take this take that but it, it, it was understanding yeah, I can't give you a one of one like I can to B.O.B. or somebody like that who has the potential to wear it on a platform that can um, generate more buzz to me than my homeboy down the block who just wants a pair of jeans or a shirt. <laughs> so. Um, oh, fine. Yeah. So you didn't buy a pen. Because you feel like you have a platform and you should receive a pen for free. No, I, no. I on the no, I on the other hand no. purchased the pen, and now we're asking for bag. No, I'm asking for bag for sure. I didn't get I didn't get a pen because I didn't know he was um selling them. I kept well, I kept seeing uh, the pens posted all over the place. I thought it was something that he either like brought and was just showing. I didn't know. Until I started watching a little closely and saw that it was his own thing. But I thought it was something that he was just like, he brought and was just, he liked it that much. That's a little special. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's misinformation. That's why niggas should be able to say, oh, hey, look, I have this, blah, 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 blah. Just saying. I think he did, though. You just want. I don't. I, I, don't shoot the nigga, Bill. Don't, don't shoot that nigga, Bill. 
Um, did you listen to Rick Ross album? I did, and I liked it. I am not the biggest Ross fan. Excuse me, I do understand he is, you know, big in this rap game. He does have bars, so he's not like, you know, a corny rapper. Um, but to me, Ross's albums, it's very like, they all sound the same. And this album, to me, gave me a lot of different sounds, a lot of different vibes, and I was like, yeah, I could rock with this. So I, I like Port of Miami too a lot. I have yet to get through the whole thing in its entirety because, like, I'll get to a, I'll get to a certain track and then I'll keep getting interrupted. And as opposed to playing it from that track, I always take it back to the top. Back to the top. So I say that to say I have enjoyed what I've listened to thus far. How many? I, have you gone through? I've gotten up to the song with Nipsey. Like, Coincidentally. Oh, no. <laughs> huh? That was like the third song, no? Nah, it's, it's, it's a little low on the list. It might be like eight or nine, but listen, I'm not proud of it. I'm just letting you know that that's, that's what happened. Oh, yeah, it's like eight. Yeah, yeah but no, that's not true. I've got to the Born Killer joint with Jeezy, and I didn't necessarily like that. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm not a Jeezy fan anyway, and I was like, all right, skip. So that's like my skip. That's my skip track. Um, I didn't listen to the singles when they when he dropped them. Neither did I. Yeah, for me, because I like to hit the whole body. So I avoided the singles, um, so I don't skip through those. But yeah, that Jeezy joint, I definitely skipped through. Um, I love Fascinated. Uh, Running the Streets. I really like that one, surprisingly. Yeah. There's only like two of them that I skipped through. Yeah, I really enjoyed this album. I like um, the rapping on Turnpike Ike. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really enjoy the rapping on Turnpike Ike. Um, I wasn't a Jeezy fan when he first came out, but I slowly started to turn into a Jeezy fan. I don't like this feature on this album, but I do like when Jeezy's usually... Uh, He's giving you, you ghetto hymns. Giving you ghetto hymns. But um, I asked about the Ross album to segue into Nikki on a Joe podcast talking about Rick Ross and how he was a terrible person. And I think we said this before. There's got to be something, a show, a, some podcast, something that we can listen to to, to see if these people are legit cool with each other behind the scenes or if it's only for for show, for album time. Yeah. Nikki has been moving real strange. Uh, go ahead. Tell me, tell me your feelings on it. 
And then I'll get into no, she, you know, my she, she has been moving strange. Um, even on the, the well, the Queen Radio is always a production on her end sure. where she's yeah over the top and doing the most and the whole cut his mic off. I'm like, all right. But I understand, I understand how. Good. Um, I was just gonna say I want to commend. Like I really haven't been like that defensive of Joe Button because I don't really particularly like um, his rhetoric towards women. Sometimes, like he, whatever. But <laughs> I, I really want to commend him for keeping his composure and not raising his voice. Because the moment he would have started yelling back at Nikki, it would have been a whole male versus female. Black men are abusive. Black men don't protect black women, which in most cases is very true. But that would have been a crazy narrative all over social media. And he would have gotten killed. He would have gotten killed for it. And she was being very rude. Very disrespectful, very loud. <laughs> Every time she would ask him something and he would try to answer it, he was just like, well, let me explain. <laughs> and she would just start like, let me explain what like, annoying to hear. The clip was like, shout out to Quan, the hip hop junkie. So I was, because I don't listen to Queen Radio because it's like you said, it's always like a show. It's always like antics, and she's always like ranting and yelling. But like nobody wants. Like you're a talented woman, one of the greatest female rappers. Some got you in their top fifty, whatever. Like your impact in rap history cannot be denied. Like you don't have to do all of that. You don't have to do all of that. And it's just oh, she the the yelling and the cursing and. The name calling, it was like, like if he would have said, yo, bitch, like she was saying to him, like, can you understand? And, and I'm not, like, I follow Joe, but I'm not like a, like, you follow Joe. Like, you love Joe. Like, I'm not there. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I listen to this podcast. I watch his shows, whatever. Like, he's funny. He's cool. Great rapper. But I'm not about to, like, defend his character. But here, it was just like, yo, like, Nikki, chill. Because if he would have raised his voice, if he would have called her the names that she was calling him, yelling, calling him dumb, you dumb bitch, like, you, like, cut the mic off, like, come on, like, relax. Relax. Like, it really wasn't that serious to me. And she has to find a better way to communicate. Like, I don't know if it's a cultural thing. Because she's West Indian with it. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not around a lot of West Indian women like that. Like, I don't know. But she's, like, that. it's not cool. She's been moving very strange, very corny. And it's coming across in the songs. Like, all these songs she's dropping, corny, corny, corny. Like, you're being corny. You're being corny. One of the things that I noticed, and like you said, the narrative that she was trying to paint was that Joe hates women. And if you're right, if he would have spoken or raised his voice back, it only would have fed into the narrative that she was already trying to paint. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really fuck with Joe because when he said, 
when she was like, oh, well, you haven't met me. He goes, have, have I met you? Simple question. Have I met you? Yeah, it's a yes or no answer. Oh, that one time 10 years ago. Oh, so I have met you. Right. So now you sound stupid. <laughs> now you sound stupid. So it's just like that could have been hashed out in a way more intelligent way. Like, I'm sure she's not a stupid person. Joe's not a stupid person. Those guys up there, like, that could have been a conversation. But she just made it. And I don't know if she was doing that because she wanted people to come listen to her radio. Like, I don't know. But it was just, like, it was annoying. It was annoying. I'm like, yo, chill. Like, black women already got this angry, like, we already have that whole stereotype over us. And then here you are, grand. Kendall, big old Nicki Minaj, calling a grown man a dumb bitch. Like, what's wrong with you? The part that I, I was I was impressed with on Joe's side was when she was going, "Oh, is that how your mother raised you? That how your mother and your grandmother raised?" I'm like, "Fam, like, all right." Yeah, like you're being demeaning, you're being condescending. It's like, come on, come on. What I, what I will say is that in this interview, in the Ebro interview, in the Taxstone interview, what they try to do, and I guess this is me trying to see everything from all perspectives for for uh, just people in general. What they the picture they try to paint at Joe is that he always wants to be the smartest in the room, and that he's not going to outsmart them. I'm like, but. Where does that come from? Where, where does that insecurity come from where I have to tell you you're not the smartest person in the room and you're used to talking to people that's stupid, I'm not stupid? Like That should come off in conversation. You shouldn't have to tell me right. that you're not stupid. She was sounding real stupid throughout that whole thing. Like real, like It was like a 15-year-old. She sounded like a 15-year-old high school girl beefing with the nigga that she used to mess with. Like, that's what she sounds like. Yelling, you stupid. You call me a liar. Like, I don't know. I don't get her. But the, the, she was saying that, oh, well, no, I caught you in your lie. You played a part that only, you played audio clips that only spoke to the point that you were trying to make. And then when he was trying to clarify the whole point, you kept cutting them off and saying, well, you can't even admit that you're wrong. You're not even giving me a chance to address what you just played. Right. The half of what you just played. How about we play the rest of the clip right. and have a conversation about the rest of the clip, not the one part that speaks to your your argument that you're making. Yeah, she just she just she sounded crazy. She sounded nuts on that whole thing. If ever we get in a position where we have to board a plane and go do an interview somewhere. Uh, I would hope. Um, I feel like, yeah, you know what? Just take this into a, a different type of conversation. So if that, if we were in a situation like that, and something like that happens, and someone's either barking on me, and, and I get up and leave, are you going to stay and finish the interview? No, not at all. Not at all. Same. I feel like, like one team. You can't. It would be something different if you were being disrespectful to the interviewer. 
and y'all were going back and forth and you were throwing obscenities and calling that person names and then you just like felt like you were done and walked out, I probably would have stayed because you were being rude as well. You know what I mean? But if you're almost defenseless <laughs> and, you know, trying to explain yourself and you can't even talk, you can't even get five words out of your mouth and the interview was just yelling, 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 yelling over you the whole time and you sitting there looking like a little mouse. <laughs> yeah, we out. We out. And that was no pun intended. I saw what you did there. You see, I see you. <laughs> Boss. Yeah, I'm, it was no way. I don't, I don't see why they stayed. And it was like dick eating too. Like, yeah, For you sure. I was like, whoa, like the, those your mans? Yeah, you know, he likes to always be right. And, you know, he's bitter. It's always something like, I was like oh, okay. Yeah. That's like giving it up. They they did uh they did him extra foul, but it brings me to a conversation I want to have because I was talking about board the plane to do an interview. What's your plane style like? What type of seat do you like? What like how do you tr- like? Let's let's have this conversation about planes. Um, window seat. If I am traveling with people that I know, I'll take the middle. Um, but definitely not the owl because it's just too small. You're gonna get bumped the entire time. Um, so yeah, middle out. I mean, middle or window. Coach, because I ain't balling. Not in first class. Do you spring for the extra the the comfort seats? Nah. All right. You didn't make me sound like that person. Um. I went on a business trip last week, and I sat in both seats, and I was trying to figure out which one I hate more. I'm going to say it might be the window, only because I'm the person that when a plane lands, nigga, I want to get up, I want to get off, I'm I'm out. Window, I got to wait for you to, like, especially if I'm in a row with niggas that want to wait for everybody to get off the plane first. Yeah, that that annoys me. Nothing... (laughs) frustrates me more than waiting i'm the I'm person i'll take my carry on and i'll put it in the the very last bend in first class like right where the little split happens <laughs> i'm like yeah i'll put my bag there because when i get out when i get off the plane i want to walk grab my bag and keep moving i don't want to have to wait for you to grab your bag for me to grab no I'll put mine in the the first bin right after first class, and, and I'm out. But that also makes me feel like you. The point you made about the aisle seat is true. Like you're gonna get bumped the entire time with the um with the beverage cart. They're gonna constantly if they people are in the middle of the aisle, they're gonna excuse me. I gotta go to the bathroom. Excuse me. Like so for me, I think. The inconvenience of the aisle seat makes it better for me because I want to get up and get off when the plane lands. But I don't think I necessarily uh, care for the aisle seat. I know for sure I don't want the middle of the window seat. I was in a window seat going, and I had the aisle seat coming back. And the window seat was the worst in the world. Nah, the window seat is my joint. I was a kid. I always loved the window seat. 
understand. I'm not like because I understand that if you're on the plane, 300 people on the plane, it's gonna take you 20 minutes to get off. Like I already had that in my mind. So when we land and that that gate opens up, I was like, all right, cool. It's gonna take 20 minutes for me to get off. I'm just sit here, turn my phone on, you know, see what I missed, and I'll get off when I get off. Turn your phone on. You're one of those people. Turn your phone off for me means face down. Yeah, yeah my phone's off. It's face down. <laughs> yeah, you put, you don't put your phone on airplane mode. Nope, not at all. I'm, put your turn your phones off, please. Yeah, face down. That means it's off. Yeah. Why? Yeah, 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 yeah. My phone's off. My phone's off. Oh man. Sometimes I I I use the free Wi-Fi. Other times, like, no, I, I tried to pay for Wi-Fi on a flight one time, and when I couldn't stream what I wanted to stream, I called Capital One when I got off the plane and told them I was hacked. <laughs> Refund my money. I was hacked. I did not spend blah, blah, blah on a flight. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, you said you like to wait because you know, okay, well, we're going to be here 20 minutes. Nigga, if I could stand up, before the seatbelt light come on so I can get out the the better. But, but if I gotta wait for you to get your bags and the bags of the people in front of you and the people like behind you that yeah, put their bags. That's the process. No. That's mm -mm. the process. Mm -mm. Did I change your mindset? Like My mindset is I want to get off the plane because it's already uncomfortable Sitting in there, little to no air. I sometimes spring for the comfort seats if I'm tra traveling on a vacation. Like if it's for work or anything like that, nigga, whatever seat y'all paying for is the seats I'm sitting in. Yeah. But I would like I like the comfort seats because I like the little extra space. I'm tall. I'm a tall nigga. I I don't want you you and your kids leaning back on my knees two minutes into the flight. You don't go for the exit row. No. You ain't trying to have that pressure. Yeah, no, I don't want that pressure because nigga, I'm gonna if I'm at the window exit row, and you <laughs> trust me to open the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I had this question. I think I asked Mel. Um, if you're traveling with an infant and the oxygen mask, like, do they have another mask for the kid for the infant? I don't know. I think it's one per seat. I don't know. I, I, I thought so too. It's like one per seat. But if I'm if I'm if I'm traveling with a a, a a toddler or a newborn and they're in my lap, they don't have a seat. Where are they getting their oxygen from? Belton. <laughs> <laughs> need, need an expert. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna ask her when I see her. Actually. Well, you probably won't travel again on an airplane until next summer, and then the twins will be three, so they'll have their own seat. So we were oh, kind of, yeah. Well, we were traveling to Chicago. I was like, well, wait a minute. This thing is only dropping down one mask. How are you going to get your oxygen, Ellie? <laughs> <laughs> Mm 
I'm mad you said, how are you going to get your oxygen? <laughs> because your priority would be to get yours and the kids. Interesting. All right, so answer this for me. God forbid, you know, pregnancy is a very dangerous thing. You have a situation, you know, God forbid, cross your heart that the doctor tell you we can only save one. Your wife gives birth. It's either her or the baby. Who are you rolling with? <sighs> Me and Tiffany actually had this conversation before, and I told her, um, my honest answer to her was, I would say save my wife because I can always make another baby. Yeah. Yeah, same. I never understood why people would be like, save the baby. It's like the baby is brand new. No, like nobody even knows this baby, but you have a whole adult human being who like people need and depend on. And especially if you have other kids, it's like, why would you? Whatever. I don't want to get into it. But yeah, that's pretty much my sentiments exactly. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I had a dream of you last night, but I can't tell a Sorry. This is what I meant to play. It's a year depressing combo. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, it opened us up. I'm surprised you didn't throw me to Ali. You must have been waiting for this very moment to discuss it. I know it's been itching on your brain. What makes Aiden J, man? Oh, still nigga. Your goats could never. The man partner up, partnered up with the NFL and became, hold on. He not only partnered up with them, he's leading a social reform and he's heading, spearheading the team that kind of helps pick out the, the performances for the Super Bowl. Everybody was up in arms saying that, um, oh, well, he does Kaepernick because blah, 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 blah. First off, Kaepernick settled. Well, let's, let's start the conversation there. Kaepernick settled. So as far as this is concerned, he does not have a job. Yeah. But he settled whatever that was, that he, his grievances for fighting for um, injustice and police brutality. His portion is settled. He kneeled. He did his job. He uh, had a settlement with the NFL. For you ignorant niggas to say that Jay sold out or whatever have you because he took a deal with the NFL. I saw someone even say Jay's a capitalist. He's a billionaire. The exact thing was he's a billionaire capitalist that doesn't care about black people. Wow. 
I'm trying to understand how you get he's a capitalist that doesn't care about black people. Sure, he signed up, he got a check, and people are looking at the fact that he took a check from the NFL. The opening clip, he said with Roger Goodell, like, okay, then because they asked him, would you kneel or stand for the anthem? And his thing was, okay, we're past that. We're past kneeling. Now is the action item. Like, what, what happens after we kneel? Where, where, where do we move after we've knelt? We've brought awareness to we brought awareness to the topic. Where do we go now? What do y'all suggest? That we just keep kneeling and don't have any action to follow it? Like, it was never about Kaepernick not having a job. It was about the protests. Well, the effect of the protest is that he doesn't have a job. And it would have been nice if he's heading, spearheading a social justice reform department that he could start with on blackballing Colin Kaepernick. That's one. Two, I do get what he's saying. Like, okay, you protest and then there's action. We are now at that point of action. Um, but to not at least have Colin in a conversation or at the table with like he's the one that that brought it to the table and now you're just gonna you know send him back back to you know wherever he came from and not even have him at the table when he you know he's the one that brought everything to the table so it's like all right you want to talk about social justice reform or whatever whatever this other department he's supposed to be spearheading or you know a part of but then not have the key influencers from the league involved in it, as we know. So my stance on the matter was, that was just a rebuttal for you. My stance on the matter was, I'm going to keep quiet until I see the actual moves. Because it's easy to be all up in arms and fake woke, like, oh, you played Kaepernick. I don't know. He said he spoke to Cap. Cap's girl said he didn't speak to, he didn't speak to Cap. We ain't heard from that nigga. Why he would say he spoke to Cap, I don't know. Maybe that he feels guilty, I don't know. So he just lied about it, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think he's the type of person that would lie about having conversations with anybody? Not, well, that, he, not that he's capable of it, do you think he would? From my understanding, the journalists in the room were really pressing him about this Cap situation. So he could have just, in the moment of, you know, getting all that heat, just be like, yeah, I already, you know, I spoke to him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just easy to, you know, kind of deflect and be like, yeah, 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 to kind of get from under all of that, that they were piling on him. So I can see that. I don't, I don't know why he would say that he spoke to him and, he, and the girlfriend is saying that, they, that he didn't. And all right. Posting these videos, you know what I mean? Like it's just indicative to me. It's like, nah, I ain't really here from nobody. I'm still here unemployed, you know, trying to get into the NFL, and I can't. I so wish I that you, I wish that you were making this point, not me. Cool. I, I, I'm about to say, I wish you were making this point, not me. Oh, oh, um. Man. If I speak to if I speak to email, right? Don't matter. I'm not putting a time frame on when I speak to him. If I speak to email, 
And then something happens. It could be a month that passed. It can be whatever the time frame you want to put on it could pass. And me and you are having a conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah, I spoke to email. And you asked him. He was like, Corey didn't speak to me. No, I didn't speak to you that moment or yesterday or 24 hours from now, but I spoke to you. It's just, it's an intent to deceive. That's just, it's semantics. Yeah, we spoke. I spoke to Colin. It could have just been in passing. It could have been about whatever, not necessarily in the vein of what they were talking about that day. So it's still, it's still deception. In my mind, and here's why I don't understand why people are up in arms. I agree with you. I want to wait and see what's going to happen. Me personally, I don't have that much belief in the NFL to think that they're actually going to evoke change. I think they're doing the PR move um, with Jay attached to it um, to try to, to almost like your politicians, how they line themselves up at the right time to uh, to right, benefit. So, why, so why, if you, why if you see that, why are you okay with it? It's the same I'm not thing a, like with, no, no. Whole, with the whole Nike campaign with Colin Kaepernick before. It was like, all right, we know Nike's not really, you know, in the trenches about no social injustices and police brutality against minorities. But, you know, you know Colin got a little following, you know, got a little buzz. We have a real uh, economic sector with the black community. Let's do this. So it My kind of like the same thing to me is. It's like the NFL is the NFL. All of those owners are gazillionaires. Republicans gotta be. And they're not thinking about social injustice. They don't care what happens to black people. They don't care about um, you know, the judicial system and reformation and like they don't care about that. They are true capitalists and all they care about is the money that they have, and keeping the money that they have. You might have two, you know, you might have one, like Robert Kraft, he's in the trenches with me, with this whole social injustice, you know, uh, prison reform. But, like, come on. You know what it is. You brought up a perfect name, because Robert Kraft likes Meek. Who's Meek attached to? You guessed it, Jay-Z. Yeah. What does that mean? Oh, okay. He might have already been in Robert Kraft's air. Robert Kraft's already been to Philly and looked at all this other stuff. So that old capitalist Republican who may not have cared before is now, his gears are starting to turn because now he's having these conversations with me. Now he's looking at this stuff in Philly and saying, oh, well, my kids never had to go through this. And like, this is terrible. Now, like, because you're, you're bringing it right to your, I'm bringing it right to you Front Street. It's no longer, oh, well, this guy from this other team that I don't care about is kneeling. No, I'm actually showing you what's going on. I'm telling you about the social injustice. Now you get to you get in the hands on feel, touch, approach, um, outlook conversation. It's not it's not past you anymore. It's not, oh, well, that's happening down there. I'm up here. It doesn't bother me. It's in your face. It's right on Front Street. Um I am more excited for the chances that it can allot African-Americans to perform on a stage that was held for white people. That's what I'm excited about. Let's say they don't, let's say they never do anything with the social injustice or social reform um, to appease anybody. 
Plus, but we get more black entertainers performing at halftime. I'm there for that. For, for me, that's a win because that wasn't a stage that they gave us. Whitney Houston, Prince. Um, Prince did Prince, yeah, Prince did do a halftime show because it started raining when he did Purple Rain. Uh, Michael Jackson, like these are named Ray Charles, like, but they're mega, mega, mega stars. Now we may, we may get the chance to see a Meek Mill at the Super Bowl or a 21 Savage or a J. Cole. We get to see African Americans on a stage that wasn't for us. And if that's the start of it, I don't care if it's, oh, okay, well, white people aren't going to watch it or the people that the Budweiser commercials are geared to every year. I don't care. But you're putting black entertainers in front of them. And it's almost like now we're forcing you to acknowledge us. We're at your show. You wouldn't let us here before. We're at your show, your biggest show of the year, and we're going to demand the break in between the game on your biggest show of the year, your biggest advertising dollars, so that we can put black entertainers in front of you. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. I can see why you're excited about that. Think of the possibilities that it opens up for the young artists. I'm not even talking about, again, Beyonce is a megastar. All right. Bruno's a megastar. Okay, but now what about everybody else? Travis Scott was supposed to do it last year. They talked him out of it. If Kanye's Sunday service doesn't make the Super Bowl. But I don't even want, but that's what I'm saying. Kanye's a megastar. I don't want Kanye because, uh, I don't want Kanye because He's already at that level. I'm talking about for the LMAs and the the hers, and I'm talking about these type of artists that aren't megastars yet, but they're on a rise. Rihanna's a megastar, so of course, seeing her on the Super Bowl would be like, oh well, dang, that's Rihanna. Nah, man, give me obviously people that are making a like I said, a J Cole or even a Kendrick or somebody like a Drake, even someone of a Drake standpoint, like at a Super Bowl. That would be huge, not just for the music industry, just in general, for African-American culture to infiltrate something that's been predominantly uh, America's greatest game and pastime and, you know, reserved for the uppity, uppity, uppity white folk or the slum black folk in certain cities like Baltimore and Philly and uh, um, Pittsburgh, like slums. Huh? Baltimore's the slum. Sound like Trump. I'm not, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying no. like with the, here we go. Black Republican. Here we go. Black Republican. That's me. Um, I'm talking about the perception that people have when you think of when you think of the Cowboys team. What do you think of their fan base? Describe a Cowboys fan. Right, next. Describe an Eagles fan. Uh, blue collar. That that's the point I'm making. When I say slums, I don't mean to offend anybody in those areas, but that's the that's the point I'm making. When you think of these teams, there's a certain stereotype already that you have in your head. Green Bay. Blue collar. 
I can't say Broncos because that's your team, but no. Patriots. <laughs> Blue collar racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over you. Um. But yeah, that that's my my stance on it. Um, I guess when we'll see things plan out and play out, uh, you'll have those that'll come back and say, "Yeah, see, we told you Jay was doing blah 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 blah." And then you have others who might walk back with whatever um, decisions that they have. Speaking of walking back, your boys, man, LeBron and your boys. Good boys. Rich Paul. Rich Rich Paul making a making headlines because NCAA tried to shortchange the African American. One little op-ed in the in the Atlantic, and and here go the NCAA. Oh no, we didn't. You know, that's not what we meant to do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you don't need a four-year degree as long as you're in good standing with the NBPA, whatever it's called, and have your certifications. You're good. You're good with us. It's like yeah, <laughs> you bet. I I think they're realizing, and we set it up here, and it's actually two episodes, maybe two or three episodes ago. The players have all the power. I think they're realizing that this is what's happening. Like, it's not a matter of getting a powerful agent anymore. I can get a Joe Schmo or my friend who knows me to be my agent. And uh, I don't necessarily need to pay your Drew Rosenhaus's, your... I was going to say Arliss just to kick back to the show. But um, I don't need to pay you the big bucks because it ain't really about what you can do for me anymore. Yep. Yeah, about double to come crumbling down. That's the nasty organization. <laughs> you know what I'm oh man, uh, I I got a show before. We got some shows before we get out of here, but. Wanted to have a conversation with you because I started having this earlier today. Top five Denzel movies. Top five Dead or Alive. Not five. Yeah, I bought a pop socket. It just came today and now it's not sticking. I feel so stupid. $13 wasted. Um, my Denzel training day. This is in order. Number one, training day. Number two, man on fire. This is for me. This is my personal opinion. This is not the consensus of Denzel Kappa. Training day, man on fire. John Q, he got game. Malcolm X. Honorable mentions. Fences, American Gangster, Book of Eli, and Equalizer. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Okay. Okay. Um, mine's in order. I don't think they are, but whatever. I'll put them in order right now. Denzel Washington top five movies. And then I'm going to ask you a question that I feel like is going to be rhetorical, but, uh, all right. Denzel movies. I'll go five to one. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Number five, Denzel movie, Malcolm X. Four, John Q. Three. Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia, but to me, that was like he was sharing a spotlight. Two, remember the Titans. And one, training day. And my honorable mention is American Gangster, which is sad that it's not in my top five. Wow. Yeah, take out Remember the Titans. Nah, fam. You can't. I could. I could. I could. I'll, I'll bump Titans. Fine. So American Gangster and then um, Training Day will round out my uh... honorable mention for real though. Uh, remember the Titans. Um, Inside Man. Um, I like Bone Collector and Fallen too, but Oh, nigga. We both forgot he got game. I have he got game. He got game is number four. You forgot he got game. Oh, nigga. Well, this is what happens when Denzel has way too many movies. Yeah. Way too many movies. Um, I was like Antoine Fisher. But then I was like, that really was, that was more so like Derek. That was kind of my thing with uh, Philadelphia. Um, I like the Bone Collector, but that was kind of just like regular movie to me. Um, kind of like in the same vein of like taking the Pelham one two three thing. Uh, what was the other one with what's his face? That Spanish chick. Out of time. That was my very first day with email. We can see out of time. And he spoke cheese on my um, <laughs> <laughs> That could have been my honorable mention just because. Um, but yeah, Denzel got some heat. The, the um that lawyer joint that he just did. Esquire. Esquire yes. joint. That was really good. That could have that could make a list. Um yeah, and Flight, too. I remember, I kind of remember Flight. I'm going to watch it again. I remember it being good, but I, did, I didn't really, like, remember the details of it. So I'm going to go back and watch Flight. Let me, let me tell you my Flight story right quick before we go. Um, when I was single, I, when I was talking to this young lady, I had went out at a happy hour. 
I hit her up randomly, like, yo, we should go see a movie. She was like, I'm down. Let's go tonight. I was like, oh, okay. So I went to meet her to see Flight. We met up at Applebee's just to kill time. Had a couple, had a couple drinks, had a real awkward conversation, went to see Flight, and I fell asleep right at the opening credits and woke up at the end because she was nudging me to tell me that the movie was over. That's my flight experience. Wow. All right. Yes. Were you drunk? Yeah. Why you were asleep or were you just you were tired? You were bored? I, I think it was a combination of me being tired. Um, I don't want to say bored, but uh, I felt like Oh, it's the previews because we got there before the previews we got there. And I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll wake up right when the movie starts. Nope. They <laughs> had a two and a half hour nap in a the movie theater. Wow. Yeah. So. All right. Show you for a goat. Yeah, that's my flight movie. Um, Someone asked, who would I pick? as the better actor and it has the Betty body of work, Will Smith or Denzel. And I had to say that's Denzel without question. Uh, yeah. That's, that's not even up for debate. That's, I, I can have a favorite actor, but understand in terms of body of work and like just range, uh, Denzel's just, it, nigga might be the goat. Yeah. Yeah, he's my goat. Nigga might be the goat. All right, what a uh, show you got before we cut out? Uh, uh, Succession has returned for season two. So yeah, HBO. HBO Sundays at nine. I want to say yeah. Mine is a Netflix show, little little show called Money Heist. It's a really, it's a really, 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 really good show. Uh, they broke, huh? Series? Yeah, it's a series. It's broken down into parts. Uh, part one is thirteen episodes. Parts two and three are only eight episodes. Um, and as the title suggests, it's about a bank heist. Is this the the British show? Yep. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yep, money heist. Um, that, that's all I have for you niggas this week. Get your excuses, compile them, get them, get them together. Uh, enjoy your weekends. Uh, stream some Nipsey this weekend yeah. if you have not done so already. Stream some Nipsey as much as possible. Um, and in a nutshell, see you niggas same time next week. I'll holler.